Last year I bought a cheap, filthy-looking Nintendo Entertainment System at a garage sale. It didn't really work at all, just produced blinking red lights and solid color screens. I've done some cleaning before, but I've never repaired an NES, so this one seemed like a good, low-risk way to learn. First, I watched a number of YouTube videos and got a feel for common accepted practices. Then I opened the console, removed all of the screws from the outer shell, RF shield, black cartridge carriage, and motherboard. Of these screws, only two are different. They're a little longer, and they go in the second from the back holes in the black cartridge carriage. I carefully removed the carriage, then the 72-pin connector, which does require some force. Then I took the 72-pin connector, and I sanded the pins very lightly with 500-grit sandpaper. I cleaned them with a toothbrush and 99% isopropyl alcohol, which is the only kind I recommend for electronics. And then I used a small hook tool to pull the pins slightly upward to make better contact with the cartridge. The pins impacted are the ones that make contact with the bottom of the cartridge pins. When you push the cartridge down in your console, the cartridge in turn pushes those pins down. Over time they lose some integrity and ability to spring back up, so I just use the hook to carefully lift them back up a bit. And, unfortunately, none of this helped. I still got blinking lights and solid screens. So it was time for more extreme measures. I just want to note that these are not thorough tutorials. I don't recommend doing either of these things I'm about to explain without doing more research on your own first. They were truly my last resorts. First, I took the pin connector back out of the console and boiled it. It seemed unusual, but was validated numerous places online. I boiled it for five minutes in distilled water, removed it and let it sit until I could touch it, then took a clean game cartridge I didn't particularly care about, just in case it potentially damaged the game, so no offense bad dudes, and I inserted it and reinserted it about 15 times to reshape the pins, then I boiled the connector again for 5 more minutes, and let it dry out completely. The theory here is that water is a natural solvent, the hotter the better, so it can separate gunk from pins and potentially even help the pins flex back into their original shape. Next, I disabled the NES lockout chip entirely. On the underside of the motherboard, the NES lockout chip is the only one with the word Nintendo on it because it was made in-house. To disable it, if you locate the chip's fourth pin from the left on the power and AV cable side of the console, also the side next to three little capacitors that'll try to get in your way, and carefully separate that pin from the motherboard. There are two right ways to do this. You can either desolder the chip from the motherboard, bend the pin away, resolder the chip, then run the pin to ground, or you can bypass the chip by soldering a small amount of wire from the fourth pin in question to the third pin from the left on the other side of the chip. Either way makes the process easy to undo if you change your mind. However, my console wasn't working at all, and I don't have appropriate soldering tools, skills, or confidence. There's a good chance I would have just made things worse, so I simply decided to snip the pin away from the chip altogether. Again, I cannot stress enough that I don't recommend doing either of these things until you've researched better tutorials from more experienced individuals than myself. And to validate my point about personal inexperience, Sadly, none of these efforts fixed the console either, for a number of potential reasons. First and foremost, I could have damaged something in the process. I tried to be careful, and the end result was no different than what I got originally, so maybe not, but I absolutely could have damaged the pins, capacitors, traces, etc. It's a risk that has to be considered when starting these things. 
Other potential causes include previously corroded or damaged motherboard components, or that the pins and connector were damaged beyond repair. Corrosion and oxidation was visible to the naked eye, and I suspect this 35-year-old machine spent a number of those years in a cardboard box in the damp garage from which I purchased it. The next step was to purchase a cheap replacement connector. Do not toss out your original 72-pin connectors as they are of higher quality than aftermarket replacements. I actually just spent less than $10 on a refurbished connector, allegedly from an original NES console. So hopefully it works and proves that the issue was my previous pin connector. I can't spend the money right now, but another possibility was to purchase the Blinking Light Win, which is a highly regarded product that replaces your carriage and your pin connector with a new design that foregoes the need to press your cartridge down, and it works around that pesky lockout chip, eliminating both main causes of NES failure for something like $35 after shipping. Again, for the sake of money, I just purchased a cheap replacement refurbished connector. However, if the console still doesn't work with the replacement connector, I'll store it all for salvage parts and log its issues and attempted fixes, and at least I have two potentially working pin connectors. So my basic NES restoration attempt was a failure, but if science teaches us anything, it's that we must accept our failures as well as our successes with quiet dignity and grace. And of course it wasn't a total loss. I am very new to this stuff, so I considered it valuable to learn more about the internal workings of the NES, a few cheap tools that might help me out with similar future projects, and setup and preparation best practices. I'll count these lessons learned as a little victory for now, and hopefully still get the NES back up and running later on.